0: Mommy! shouted Maria. Mommy! It was late at night, and Maria called from her bed, my tummy hurts. Her mother came into her bedroom and turned on the light. Where do you hurt? asked Mommy. She felt her head. Oh dear, you have a fever too. Her mother, her mother felt Maria's tummy, but she pushed on it. And she howled out loud. I'm going to get dressed and take you to the clinic. Maria cried all the way to the doctor. Her head seemed to swim. Whenever Mommy hit a bump, she thought she would throw up. Finally, they reached the doctor's clinic. Then she did throw up. The nurse heard Mommy's description and took Maria back to the examination room. The, mother, the doctor threw some blood out of her arm. Maria tried hard not to cry, but it was very scary. Mommy held her hand. The doctor looked very serious. I'm afraid Maria has got appendicitis. She'll have to have her appendix taken out right away. It might break open, and then she might get much worse. She might even die. I've called the hospital, and they will be waiting for you. Her mommy carried Maria out of the car for the two-block trip to the hospital. They went to the emergency room. A man dressed in green met them and had her mom put Maria into the bed on with wheels. Maria tightened her hold around mommy's neck. I'm afraid, mommy. Don't go away. Her mommy smiled at her. You don't need to be afraid. Remember what Jesus said? I will give my angels charge over you to keep you safe. Your angel is right here. Part of you is sick and the doctors need to fix it. You won't feel anything because they will give you medicine and so you will go to sleep. When you wake up, it will be all over and you can soon go home. Don't be afraid. Let's have a prayer before you go with the doctor. Maria let go and folded her hands and closed her little eyes. Dear Jesus, please help the doctors make Maria well again. Don't let her be too scared and don't let her hurt too much. Help her to be brave. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Her mommy kissed Maria, and the man blew the bed away. The next morning, when Maria woke up, her mommy was waiting by the bed with her teddy bear and a new hustle. How do you feel, asked <laughs> mommy, Maria thought for a minute. I am thirsty. My tummy yeah. doesn't hurt as <laughs> bad. The doctor says we, need, we can take you home later this afternoon. Here's a drink of water. Maria looked down at the bandage on her stomach. It was, looked so big that it frightened her. Do I have a very big hole in my stomach? She whispered. No, you don't. The doctor took out the spoiled appendix and sewed you back up. <coughs> Sorry. We'll go back to Dr. Hatton to have the stitches removed later at the end of the week. Later that day, Maria and her mom went home. Her mom put Maria to bed and told her to take a little nap while she made supper. Maria closed her eyes, but couldn't quite seem to go to sleep. She wondered what the stitches looked like. She wondered if she lived at the end of the band she could see them. Just as she was going to try, her mom came in. I thought you might like some apple juice, she smiled. It is going to be hard to stay in bed for a few days, so I thought you might like to watch a nature video. I've asked your sister to bring a couple of them home from school. Maria drank her juice. Mom studied her for a minute. What's the matter? Do you hurt? you feel good if I rub your back? It only hurts a little. When I sit up, I get dizzy. That will go away soon. It's always like that after an operation. Mom, why did my appendix hurt? Why did it spoil? What do you mean? I, I eat good food, I sleep, and I drink water and everything, so why did my appendix spoil? Her mom thought for a minute, you didn't do anything wrong, but that's what you're but that's what's bothering you. Good health habits will help you stay well and help you keep from getting sick. But sometimes things happen just because of sin. There isn't anything you can do about it except take care of yourself and give your life to Jesus. He gives you strength to resist disease and be happy. How long will it be before I am better? By by Sabbath. You should be able to be up and be out of bed. That's in two days. You won't be well enough to go to church this week, but we will be next week. I'll call your teacher and tell him. Anything she wants to send home for you, your sister can pick up. In three weeks, you won't even know you've been sick, except that you're a little star with a bad appendage to now. Will it always be there? Yes, it will fade a little as time passes, but it will still be there. Maria thought for a minute. Why didn't Jesus stop my tummy from hurting? But he didn't, answered Molly. Jesus helped the doctors know how to make you better. And he made your body so it could fix itself. There are little white blood cells working so hard to kill any germs that might have gotten into the wound. And there are other cells whose job it is to mend the skin and muscles, and more red blood cells are being made to help made in your bones. Jesus made your whole body in such a wonderful way that it can repair itself. Sometimes it needs help. Like when the doctors help by taking <laughs> away your hurt appendix, but most of the time your body works really well. That's why it's important to take good care of yourself. I eat good food, getting exercise, resting, and drinking lots of water. If my body is doing all that work, it's probably getting sleepy, said Maria. I think I can take my nap now. Good. When your sister comes in, you two can watch a video while I finish making supper. Come on, smile, and put the drapery shut. If you need anything, just call me. I'll leave her go. Okay, Mommy. Have a good little sleep, Maria. Just as Maria completely trusted her mother's words and actions, so we must trust in the Lord. <laughs> Having faith like a child requires great maturity and deep trust. In today's sermon, we are going to cover two passages of Matthew, chapter 18 and in chapter 20. We will look into these famous passages of discussions of being the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Today's question is, how can we have faith like a child when we are already adults? Let's dive in. Matthew 18, verses 1 through 6, and I'm reading from the ESV. At that time, the disciples came to Jesus, saying, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And calling to him a child, he put him in the midst of them and said, Truly I say to you," Unless you turn and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Whoever receives one child, one such child in my name receives me. Whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it would be better for him to have a great millstone fastened around his neck and to be drowned in the depths of the sea. Faith like a child. I believe it's like believing on the promises of your parents and being full of innocence. Well, what is it about children? What makes them so easily have faith? What does that look like as an adult? I think that having faith like a child as an adult takes a lot of maturity and walking closely with God. To know that they are true and that they are real. That God is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That they are one and the same and that they are three separate entities all at once. But childlike faith, as I've searched, ask honest questions. I don't know if you've ever ran into a small child but they're gonna ask you a lot of questions. And they're honest about them. They don't beat around the bush, they don't try to code it with something sweet at the beginning and get you all buttered up. They just ask the question. Mommy, when's bedtime? And you tell them the time, well, how many minutes away is that from now? And you tell them the time, and they're like, well, that's too long, or that's not long enough, or whatever. They have an answer for everything as soon as they ask the question. And faith, like a child, asks openly. These kids are open, if they trust you, to ask anything and everything, and they're open about it. And childlike faith, as an adult, asks with vulnerability. Doesn't ask with something covering you and something hiding you. Holding you back. It asks with open vulnerability. Faith, like a child, doesn't know what's best, but trusts in their parents. So I think as an adult, we have to take a step back and think I don't actually know what's best for me. But God does, and He's our parent. He's our holy parent, our divine parent. And he knows what's best for us. Childlike faith trusts and finds satisfaction with their parents. I don't know what age this stops, but it stopped early with Mina, I think. Nora still trusts her parents. She will gladly jump into our arms without any care in the world. And looks like she's about to fall, but she just jumps in her arms. And then she's fully satisfied. She's fine. But the older they get, the more questions they have, the more doubt that's put into their mind about who we are and what we do, and they may not be satisfied with our answers every single time. I know that I'm not satisfied with God's answers every single time either, so I guess I can understand. Children ask questions. Children are honest. (laughs) Children are also passionate and excited about almost anything. I mean, look at kids' shows. What do the adults and the writers and the producers and everyone try to do? Get those kids excited about what's going on on the TV or in the YouTube video or in the product that they make. Because they know that they can get passionate and excited. And children are adventurous. I don't know how many worms, pill bugs, rocks, Pine comes, leaves, all that. All has that coming to my possession because my children are adventurous and want to know what's going on in the world. And that's how we need to be with God. We need to go on an adventure with God. We need to go forward with God and move through life and pick up those little interesting things along the way and say, hey, God, what's this? And he'll tell us. Having faith like a child means that we have the ability to ask God open and honest questions. We should feel comfortable enough to our God, our divine parent, and ask it whatever it is that troubles us. We should not feel ashamed for having a wonder and an innocence about us when it comes to approaching how we interact with God. But growing up in this world, which is prone to sin, can harden us and take away some of that wonder and innocence. We must not lose that. We must go to God as children. Unless we develop faith like God, faith in God as a child, being able to be humble before the Lord becomes more and more difficult as we grow up. Which is why it's really pertinent to introduce Jesus to people as soon as possible because it's really hard as people get older. You know? It's really hard. Anyone that's come to Jesus as an adult can tell you that they had to hit rock bottom in a a manner of speaking to come to Jesus. So that's why it's pertinent to introduce Jesus as soon as possible because Jesus is the truth. And we can go to Jesus with any questions that we have. Jesus will answer. And as a person coming to Jesus, we have to have a humble and contrite heart because that's what God wants. God wants us to consider their will for our own. Okay? And if you're strong love, it's not easy. Jesus tells us that we have to have faith and humility like a child in order to enter the kingdom of heaven. Alright, let's move on to chapter twenty, verses twenty through twenty eight. This is a section titled, A Mother's Request. Then the mother of the sons of Zebedee came up to him with her sons, kneeling before him and asking him for something. And he said to her, and this he is Jesus, What do you want? She said to Jesus, Say that those two sons of mine are to sit, one at your right hand and one at your left, in your kingdom. Jesus answered, You do not know what you are asking. Are you able to drink that cup from the cup that I am to drink? Then they said to him, We are able. Verse 23. Jesus said to them, You will drink my cup, but to sit at my right hand and my left is not mine to grant, but it it is for those for whom it has been prepared by my Father. And then the ten heard it, they were indignant about the two brothers. But Jesus called them over and said to them, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them, and their great ones exercised authority over them. It shall not be so among you. But whoever is great among you must be your servant, and whoever is first among you must be your slave even as the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus answered very soundly at the request of James and John, at the request of of their mother. He told them that they truly did not understand what it was they were asking of themselves and of Jesus. They didn't realize that, the suffering that Jesus is talking about was about to come and to be very terrible. And Jesus asked them if they could drink from the same cup as him, and they agreed because they thought this would get them into the kingdom of heaven on the right and left hand of God, not knowing that it would be terrible. And of course, just like always, Jesus is always surrounded by a crowd of people and the other disciples, especially other main ten disciples. They heard this, and were thinking that James and John were receiving special treatment from Jesus and in the kingdom. But Jesus assured them by saying that it will not be like that, like the world around them, where those who receive special treatment and from authority get to do more things than people that don't, but that being a servant would be considered the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. In this passage, Jesus calls us to serve as he served. He wants us to give up our lives for him and his purposes. The kingdom of heaven will be full of those who served others, and the kingdom will be filled with those who have a faith like a child. According to Jesus, this is how our hearts should be and will be. Again, Jesus came not to be served, but to serve. Jesus' life was meant to be for us and to glorify the Father. He came down to earth to show us the way to live. It makes me think of that that little song, um, He Came From Heaven to Earth to Show the Way. That song, I think of that when I think of what Jesus came to do. And he showed us the way to live, to live our lives. He demonstrated his love for us through his life, his death, and his resurrection. He gave us the blueprint for how to live our lives in a pleasing way to God. You can find that throughout the Gospels. And we can find that even more fleshed out in the epistles and in the other letters that the apostles wrote in the New Testament. God wants us to be servants of his love. He wants us to serve others with his love. But who is the greatest? Say so sermon in a sentence. Who is the greatest? Those with childlike faith. Those people who come to God full of innocence and wonder and come to God with a humble and contrite heart. Those who are the greatest in heaven are those of humble hearts and who will, and wills who have humble hearts and who have humbled their wills on this earth to God. And remember back near the beginning, children mm. demonstrate this to others all of the time, especially when they trust in love and bitten, that adult that they're talking to. They're full of wonder, they're full of innocence, and it's wonderful to see Again, children ask open and honest questions, expecting open and honest answers. So we may go to the Lord just like that. Open and honest, expecting open and honest answers. And Jesus, Jesus himself came to us like a child, as a little baby, and grew up in this world. So that's another point have a childlike faith. Jesus came to us to serve and not to be served. Even though he deserves it. He deserves all the glory and honor and praise. He came to this earth to serve us. He gave his life for ours. And the kingdom will be full of those who humble their lives to Even if it takes a so long time to humble yourself to God, people will be humble to God. Who is the greatest today? If we ask that question. Those with childlike faith, those who have the faith like a child, to go to God and ask Him, "What's going on? What's happening? What's going on with me? What's going on with this world?" Those are the people that expect those open and honest answers back. And I want us to be those people. I want us to be those people who have childlike faith. I don't care how old you are, but you still have to have childlike faith. doesn't mean you act like a child and the behaviors and actions and thoughts of behaviors and behaviors like those things, but your heart and your will must be willing to be humble. And to ask God those things, and to expect those answers in return. Our lives are set before us to follow Jesus, to follow him through anything and everything with that childlike faith. Let's pray. God, today, as we sing to you Sing about you. Sing about what you've done. Help us to become people of you, Jesus, people of the risen King, who know who we are, that we are chosen, not forsaken, and that we are no longer slaves to you or to this world. We are children of you, we are your people. Help us today know that we are are loved and that we are to love other people. Help us today to have open minds and open hearts to what it is that your spirit is saying today. I'm confident in you, God, that you will help us to be humble and to be willing to do your will. To be those with childlike faith, to share in the wonder of your love with other people. Help us today make our faith be more like the innocence of children. Willing to jump into the arms of our Father. And willing to do the things necessary to be humble, you. Thank you, God, for this day and bless us as we go from this place. In Jesus' name we pray. Jesus sends us as the Father sent him. He came to seek and save the lost, and so he sends us to seek and save his missing children. That is why we are here. So, we go out to transform grudges into grace, to transform apathy into affection, to transform despair into determination. We are sent. Let's go in the love and power of the Holy Spirit.